Hi, my name is Sam Fudo, and welcome to the 13th episode of my podcast, Understanding Healthcare. Today, I spoke with Dr. Shelley Senders, President and CEO of Senders Pediatrics in Cleveland, Ohio. We talked about his career, how COVID-19 has impacted his practice, and research and new developments in the health and well-being of children at this time of the COVID-19 pandemic and also moving forward. So, here's my interview with Dr. Shelley Senders. All right. But uh, again, thank you so much for uh, making the time to meet with me today. Um, so my first question uh, for you is, you know, what has the past year been like, you know, in your practice, you know, as so many, uh, you know, ways in which care is provided, uh, you know, has had to change in response to, you know, public health measures and, and making sure that, you know, children and families uh, uh, were staying safe and healthy in this challenging time. So I guess, you know, how, how have things changed over the past year for you and, and the way you do your work? So what happened in um, February of last year is something that I will probably never forget. Um, we realized that this was uh, changing um, very rapidly, that this illness was, was spreading. And um, one of the things that, that I think is most important in the world of medicine and the world of business comes from um, a book called Flash Foresight, um, where the subtitle is How to See the Invisible and Do the Impossible. And I think so many people in this country were forced to do just that, to see the invisible and to do the impossible. And we recognized, we had a, a meeting, and I remember that meeting, um, where our senior leadership said, um, if we don't do something to keep sick people out of our main office, then no one will trust uh, to come to the office and we will lose all of our well visits um, as well as our ill visits. So we realized that we had three rooms um, on a different side of our building um, that had a separate entrance. Um, at the time, they didn't have any water uh, in them. Um, they really were just offices, um, but not exam rooms. And um, I found a contractor who was actually willing to work through the weekend. Um, and he worked nights, he worked through the weekend. And at the end um, of uh, something like uh, uh, 30 hours of work, he uh, was able to install water uh, to that area. Um, we had had um, a new HVAC system, which installed um, UVC uh, uh, treatment uh, of our um, uh, of our air, so that air was uh, going to be uh, treated, and we eliminated the waiting room in that area, so that we would just have people uh, in cars, and they would be brought into it, and it actually saved our business. Um, it saved. Um, uh, people's trust in our uh, our office, um, and then I embarked on a series of email updates. Um, initially, it was three times a week, then twice a week, and it continues to be once a week. Um, uh, the um, uh, what? So what happened uh, was that um, th that it allowed me to communicate with people and it allowed me 
to reassure people and it allowed me to give people the confidence that they could come back to their healthcare facility. And so the truth is, we didn't have a single day where we didn't have um, patients uh, come into the office. And it, it not only um, saved our business, but it also allowed us to continue to provide the level of care that our patients needed in order to, to remain healthy throughout this whole thing. Yeah, and I can attest to the, uh, the effectiveness of your uh, letters because my parents received them and they would always talk about how great uh, they were and informative uh, they were. Um, my second question is, you know, in your opinion, what have been the biggest takeaways, you know, from the past year and how can we use them, you know, to, to I guess, live healthier lives, you know, moving forward as we start to sort of move out of, of the pandemic? I guess I'm wondering how it, you know, the, how the past year has impacted, you know, children specifically in, in who you uh, uh, deal with, but I'll, um, but also just what are your thoughts on sort of the long-term problems either started or exacerbated by the pandemic in general in, in the work that you do? Um, I, I think part of the answer is, is optimism. I, I, I really think that there are, uh, there's a fascinating study, which I, I, I mentioned in my email updates um, that looked at uh, at 80,000 people from 18 different countries um, and look to see what happened to those people. 10% developed severe depression, 50% um, developed moderate depression and 40% were thriving. So there was almost nobody in the middle. You either were, so 60% were depressed and 40% were thriving. So the purpose of the study was to look at what was it that characterized someone who was thriving, flourishing, as opposed to the people who were depressed. And the answer came down to actually two things. One was um, going out of their um, environment three times a week, not, not three times a day, but three times a week going out of their environment, seeing somebody else. So social interaction is a, uh, a critical thing. Whether you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, social interaction is critical for human beings. The second had to do with what your, your mindset was. So there are two types of, uh, of mindsets. Um, there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed or rigid mindset. Growth mindset people, when they are walking along a pathway in the forest and they come to a wall, they go, yikes, I guess it's a wall. Um, uh, I guess I have to climb over it or dig under it or walk around it. And fixed or rigid mindset people go, it's a wall, I guess I'm not supposed to go here. Um, and they turn around and go the other way. So those people who believed that, that everything was a challenge, but they could overcome that challenge have learned how to thrive. And I think organizations like ours have been able uh, to be successful like that. I think people, kids who have been able uh, to do those sorts of things have been able uh, to thrive. I think people who don't come by that naturally um, can be taught how to come by that 
um, either with uh, a therapist or with professionals or with physicians who can help them. So I, I think I, I think the 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 need for social interaction is something we've learned. The need for a growth mindset, um, and I, again, as a pediatrician, the need for school mm-hmm. um, has really uh, been one of the things that I think we've learned. It's so fascinating. For the first time in a thirty-year career, I asked children um, whether they're happy to be in school. And they're all happy to be in school. You know, college students are happy to be in school. That, that has never happened. Um, it's like I go there, but I'm not really so, so happy. So we've learned the importance of, uh, of education, the importance of growth. And that's what human beings are. Human beings need to constantly be learning things. And when they don't, and I've asked this question, I ask it to almost every child now when I see them, have you learned anything this year? And the answer sadly for a lot of people is not much. Um, um, but for many kids, the answer is I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned that I can do almost anything. And if the answer is I can do almost anything, then you've learned a lot uh, out of this experience. Absolutely. And, and my next question sort of touches on, you know, your career uh, more specifically, but I guess, you know, what got you interested in medicine and why specifically did you, you know, choose to go into pediatrics? Um. I actually, when I applied to medical school, um, I, I went on one of my interviews and they said um, exactly that question. Why do you want to be a doctor? Um, and um, my answer was, I don't. And they said, you're applying to medical school. What, what do you mean you don't? I said, well, I really want to do research. Um, and um, I really want to do things that will be meaningful um, in uh, in the world, and I felt that the world of research was uh, the ideal way uh, uh, to get to that. Um, so, um, but then I realized after speaking to people that you can do research as a PhD and you can do research as an MD. In those days, there were very few MD PhD uh, programs, um, but I realized that you could do that as a um, as a physician um, and. Um, uh, and so that's why medical school really appealed to me. I'm the first uh, one in my in, in my family uh, to have gone uh, to medical school, um, and I was just fascinated. I was fascinated by the pre-clinical uh, uh, program, but then I was just fascinated by um, the clinical uh, uh, program. And and really, I, I guess I, I am by nature an introvert, and I think that that a lot of introverts are actually attracted to pediatrics um, because you can, it's socially acceptable to talk to kids. Um, and uh, it's a little less, uh, a little less frightening uh, when you talk uh, to kids. And so I, I enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed the opportunity to really make a difference at a, a very fundamental level. You know, with adults, you have to change behaviors. But with, in pediatrics, you, you actually can shape behaviors and, and not necessarily have uh, uh, to fix them. And that appealed to me. I remember very distinctly having a conversation with one of my mentors 
who said, um, I, I went over to him and I said, Steve, you know, I, I think I'm losing my, uh, my enthusiasm, uh, my enthusiasm, I'm losing my idealism. I always wanted to change the world. Um, and, um, and I, I just feel like I'm, I'm becoming like everybody else. And he said, you'll never become like everybody else. You'll always have that idealism. You just will modify it um, to fit with the situation. Um, when I was in college, I uncovered um, a cheating scandal um, that uh, um, kids were, were etching the answers on their number two pencils um, and were taking their pencils into the test. Well, now you can't do that because it's all uh, electronic. But in those days, if you just had one of these magic pencils, it had literally all the answers, um, 120 answers etched on a, a number two pencil. And the uh, company that made the test um, didn't change the test. And so people could just uh, uh, take this. So. Ultimately, um, the scandal reached the highest echelons um, at the New York uh, Board of Regents, and they eliminated the test as a result of this um, uh, this expose that you know I did as part of uh, uh, a college journalism uh, program. Um, and I got into all sorts of trouble. I got death threats, and um, and there were. There was an I Hate the Shelley Sanders fan club uh, that met. And so it's very interesting. That particular um, article was named one of the, the top articles over the 25-year uh, period of the newspaper. And so a new generation of student your age um, interviewed me a couple of years ago and said, knowing what you know now, would you still write that article? And I, I think that's relevant to your question because uh, the answer is that in those days, I wanted to change the world in one fell swoop. And I was able to change uh, the world in one fell swoop. Now, I, I'm trying to change the world one person at a time. And that's really what a physician does. That's what a pediatrician does. It's really taking a unformed one month old and saying, how can I help these parents become confident so that they can raise confident children so that those children can help take on uh, the problems of the world? Absolutely, I, I completely agree. And it was a, 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 a great story you've sort of uh, outlined there. Um, my second last question is, you know, you, you sort of got to this in your last question, but, you know, in addition to your practice, you do a lot of research, you know, on improving the health and well-being of, of, of all children. I guess, can you speak to some of the work that, that you've done in addition to any trends you see moving forward uh, generally in uh, children's health and well-being and whether or not it relates to the pandemic or, or just in general as we sort of move forward in the next year or so? Yeah, um, uh, it's really a good question. I, I you know, I, I've been interviewed about um, some of our work with uh, the COVID vaccine trial. We, we actually um, started with the adults and then uh, we enrolled the first 16 year old um, in the country. Um, and then we enrolled uh, about 8% of the, the total 12 to 15 year olds um, 
in, um, in that trial that is now uh, um, uh, being completed and submitted uh, to the FDA. Um, so, so one reporter said, you know, how, how do you feel about this? And I say with all humility, it, it's, it's a Walter Mitty dream. It's just a, a, an opportunity to make a difference in the future, not just to make a difference in the present. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really the excitement of medicine. I, I believe that medicine offers so many different opportunities. We've been involved in 200 clinical trials, almost every vaccine that's licensed in children has gone through our, our office in one way, uh, shape or form. And, and it's, it's challenging uh, to do that. But I think what you're saying is we as a world are not comfortable in just staying where we're at. We need to be moving forward in order uh, uh, to be able to make the world a better place. And all of this sounds really corny, you know, really, do you have to make the world a better uh, place? But, but I, I, I believe that, um, that I was put on this earth to make uh, a difference. And, and some of it perhaps comes because I'm a religious person, but some of it just comes because I believe that, that human beings aren't um, loners. Um, we're not sitting on a, um, a desert island by ourselves. We're in this world to, to interface with one another um, and to be creators, um, uh, co-creators, um, to, uh, to work together to make it into uh, a better place. Yeah, that's, I completely agree uh, with, with you on that. And, and my last question is, you know, what advice would you give to you know young people interested in medicine based on you know your career ex experiences and accomplishments in addition to sort of everything we've discussed today? Um, my dad was in business for um, for fifty years, and he said that there are three things that you should look for that um, should define um, what you end up doing in life. You should find something you love to do. You should find something you're great at doing, not just something you're okay at doing, but something you're great at doing. And then you should define something that you do a little bit different, a little bit better than everybody else. My dad called it a curlicue. And so when we get together at family get togethers, we often will say, what's your curlicue? Um, and I would challenge young people like yourself um, and say, so what is your curlicue? You know, you can go um, into medicine and I, I actually believe that medicine is one of the noblest uh, places to be with all the challenges and all the pushes on time and the fact that venture capital um, uh, plays a role and that we have to see fa patients faster than we needed to. And we have to deal with EMRs and we have to deal with insurance companies and the government. And all. I mean, there are all sorts of issues that we have to deal with. But at the end of the day, you have an opportunity to impact on someone's life in a very, very real way. And if you take that with the passion um, that I think many people carry in youth, to be able to carry that, uh, that passion and then figure out what's your curlicue? What do you do a little bit different? How can you define yourself 
a little bit different. I have a daughter who um, is just about to finish a nurse practitioner uh, school and is, again, excited uh, to go on to uh, uh, the world of, uh, of medicine. And when we talk, um, we talk about just that, about that idealism um, that I think exists in a lot of uh, areas. I think it exists in, in every area. It's how do you wake up every day and say, what can I do a little bit different? What can I do a little bit uh, better? I think medicine is one of those areas where you don't have to stretch to think about the answer to that question because you are impacting on people um, every day. And to me, if we can raise a generation of, uh, of people your age, who are uh, equally idealistic, then we have a chance to make this world a better place. Um, Dr. Sanders, thank you so much for making the time to meet with me uh, today. It really means a lot. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope my conversation with Dr. Sanders was informative and shows how our experiences throughout the past year can be used to help us grow and improve moving forward. I hope you all are doing well and staying safe. And remember, we can't just consume healthcare. We have to understand healthcare. Mm-hmm.